Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Welcome to today's episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. I'm Susan Kunzelman, and I'm here with Ron Regenstreich, my friend, co-host, and the founder of Q4 Impact. Welcome, Ron. Thanks, Susan. We have another great topic that I think could be a benefit to all of us as we talk about self-awareness and wonder how many of us kind of have an accurate grasp of how we're seen by others and how others experience us. I think it's a great question to ask, and I think it entails so very much because it's everything from how well we understand our values, personality, and habits, as well as our strengths and weaknesses. It's kind of all-encompassing, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, four things come to mind uh, that uh, that are ingredients that limit our ability to see ourselves accurately. And uh, so especially as it applies to the audience, which I think mostly consists of of, uh, those of us in our Q4 fourth quarter or approaching the fourth quarter, I want to let our audience know that Susan is officially not a part of the fourth quarter, even though she's the co-host. I'm officially approaching it, though. Some days it feels closer than others. I can imagine. So as as the years pass, the tendency very naturally is that we get we get set in our ways. We have done things for years the same way, and that has a a good side to it, but that also can have a negative side to it. So I think I want to us to recognize that not all of our habits or our ways are actually all that great. Uh, I'm tempted to use golf as another example. You know, you keep swinging the same way and the ball keeps going to the right and not a, not a good thing to do. So uh, the second thing I would list is is that most of us don't have people in our lives that are willing to challenge us or confront us or, you know, be honest about the way we do things or the way we uh, approach things. Uh, another one is We've also, each of us, acquired some unhealthy habits along the way, and uh, that can affect how uh, people see us. And then finally, uh, I think we get a little self-absorbed, I, I think. Easy to do. Yeah. Uh, these, these things can happen at any age, but I think they're more pronounced as we get older. And uh, and I think at the same time, there's less opportunity to, for us to become aware of of how we are. And I think that those reasons are excellent of to why we are speaking about this today. But I think what's really true at any age as well is that when we are not truly aware of how we come across or how others perceive us, it can begin to limit us relationally. 
And I think that is really what led you to write your blog on self-awareness at the initial, I can't even talk today. I think I maybe need another cup of coffee for us to be able to, for me to be more (laughs) self-aware. But I think that um, the question that you were raising that brought this topic to mind is why do older people have so few relationships with younger people? And you kind of landed on self-awareness being an issue. Can you tell a little bit more about your thoughts on that? Yes, it's it's uh, it's an interesting phenomena. I think that segmented groups of people, there's the segment of different ethnicities that tend to stay together. And now I think maybe more than in the past, there's a separation of generations, which probably it's always existed. And maybe I'm just seeing it more now as I'm getting older. Uh, and here's here's the impression, and I'm not claiming to be an expert at this. It's just observations that I think I've made. I'm I'm guessing that every generation to some degree except for except for some specific ones that there can be a lack of respect for the elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are some ethnicities where that's not the case and that there's a very high level of respect for the elderly. I don't think uh, honestly that we would say that about our culture in in America. Uh, so, there's maybe a little bit of a lack of respect. I think there's kind of a loss of the appreciation of history. Mm. Uh, I think just folks being familiar with what life was like 50 years ago, 100 years ago. I tend to observe that that's not on many younger folks' radar these days. Uh, so I throw that out there. I, I think churches. Uh, I'm going currently to a church where there is a just a really large number of older people and a very small number of of younger people. And it really saddens me to see that because both groups are losing not having the experience of getting to know each other. So here's here's my conclusion. I think part of the problem is that we're not recognizing what we do that contribute to that taking place in the different settings that we function. And and again, that's why the heading of this topic of of being self-aware. You know, why why aren't young people uh, reaching out to us? And, and wanting to spend time with us. Why don't we have more relationships with younger folks? I think we're going to cover some very specific reasons why that may be the case. I agree with you. And I think that what I hear you saying is that if we do begin engaging in that regular self-examination, gain greater self-awareness, we stand to help draw people to us. And we do want to make this practical 
irrespective of all the reasons why those relationships may not exist, we've identified one thing that could be contributing to it. And so how do we now go forward to understand ourselves better and try to improve those relationships? I think especially as we speak about those in the fourth quarter, um, I know I need to learn and gain the wisdom and experience. And I would love to awaken those behind me when you talk about young people not having maybe a respect or appreciation or even understanding of all that those that have gone before can offer. I think that, um, you know, I'd like to sound the alarm for them, but today we want to really focus on what can those that have the wisdom and experience, what can they do to help draw themselves to other people in favorable ways? I like your use of the words self-examination and it's hard to to look at yourself clearly to to be uh, at least it is for me I, I look at my life and and I I can identify the things that you know Ron is good at this and that and the other thing and there's a there's a handful of those kinds of things and then I can also look in the mirror and be somewhat uncomfortable with maybe some of the choices that I've made and the way my life is is being lived out. And so, the, you know, that topic of does, is what we're saying about life and what we're saying about ourselves, does how we actually live, does it match? Mm. Are, are we saying things, are we representing ourselves as something, but then our practical lives don't match up? And, and course, I want to I pause you right there and jump in because I think you're touching on something that's huge and we could call them hypocrisies. And I think that whether that's in relationship, whether that is you know often the criticism against the church of being those in the church being hypocritical, if, in fact, we're saying we believe one way and our lives are lived out another way, those inconsistencies um, definitely can lead to a lack of respect. And without respect, how's relationship to be built in the first place? But I love what you said initially of looking in the mirror and seeing some things and some things are unclear. I think that we all have blind spots. And we need the help of other people because we may not be intentionally living hypocritically. We may have something about which we're truly unaware. And we need the help of other people to hold that mirror up so that we can see where there may be something of hypocrisy. You know, we've talked about this at, at times, Susan, in, in the last months as we've been doing the work behind the scenes that uh, some of these topics are delicate and sensitive. And, and I've just, for whatever reason, I've always been one to say, bring it on. You know, if, I'm, if there's something about me that's off, like I want to know about it. And unfortunately, uh, I think we, have, we don't have a lot of people who have the courage or the boldness to challenge us. And so it it means we need to go out and encourage our friends to, to say, hey, 
you know, don't tell me how great the podcast is. You know, I, I mean, tell me how great the podcast is. <laughs> but at the same time, tell me some things that you think we should improve in or that maybe are not so good. That's actually even more helpful to me. So we have to invite our close friends to share what they see in us. And we have to be the kind of people that when I invite someone to say something or to criticize me or give me some uh, some instructive suggestions, well, if I get defensive and I get upset with them, then they're probably not going to do that again. So I, I got to be the kind of person that welcomes that. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that I've seen in you, and you're right, you are welcome and receptive to feedback of any kinds. I think that it comes with where we're we're grounded. And if we, I'm just thinking of myself, like it, I could say it's easier to receive criticism and maybe that's even the wrong word, but to receive constructive feedback or constructive criticism, if I know that person truly loves me, is um, wanting my best. And, but even when I don't know that, there's still a responsibility I have in how I receive that feedback. And I think that comes from where I'm initially grounded. And am I grounded in who God says I am? So that irrespective of how it's presented or what comes, I can take it and sift it, let him show me where it applies, where it may not apply without it rocking my world. And that's not always easy to do. Yeah, we, we also, we have to be, we have to be good listeners too, Susan. We, we not only do we have to be able to, to hear things from others, but, you know, going back to, you know, what are the, what are the reasons why we maybe don't get the respect that we might think we deserve mm -hmm. is I think there are lots of us that are not very good at listening to others. I'm very conscious of it, and it's so fascinating to me how you begin to tell a story of some sort, or you begin to tell someone about a, a book or a movie or some, and right away the tendency is the person that's listening mm -hmm. then just said, well, I saw this movie, and then they start talking about what they want to say, and so it's almost like that people are are waiting for you to say one thing that relates to something in their life, and then they grab the baton and start running in their own direction of of the things they want to say. So when you're around people who aren't good at listening, mm -hmm. uh, then some folks that they don't want to be around people who aren't good at listening. They just talk all the time, and. I, I've said this a number of times when I'm, when I'm teaching a, a class. I said, raise your hand if your closest friends are also very good at listening to you. And very often, the vast majority of the class will say, you know, that's very true. My friend so-and-so you know, is really good at listening to me. And that's part of the reason we, we want to be around them. So, um, I think the whole focus of this, and we've just named three 
different areas. And there's, there's a host of so many things that we need to consider as we examine ourselves and how others perceive us. But the focus that I don't want to lose sight of is the reason this is important is because we want to build relationship with other people. We want to have opportunity to feed into one another's lives because that's how we grow. That's how fruit is born, if you will, to, to use that Christian term. And what better way, no matter our age? And I think we want to see those in the fourth quarter not inhibited by something about which they're self-aware when there's so much to be gained from linking relationally with younger generations. There really, there really is. I had a young man in my family room yesterday for an hour and a half and just sharing stories together. And it, it was so energetic for me to have that friendship with someone who's less than half my age and to know that he called me and said, Hey, Ron, we haven't been, we haven't gotten time together. How's your afternoon? And yes, come over and let's talk. And so I I want to just encourage us, our listeners to really want to be effective, want to be fruitful, want to steward what God has invested in each of us. You know, if you're 60 years old, if you're 70 years old, if you're 80 years old, you have this lifetime of experience in so many areas. And boy, it, it's sad to, to waste that, the, those life experiences, instead of being able to pour into others that could benefit from the decisions that you've made, the good ones and the bad ones as well. So I guess we go back to the, what's the why be self-aware? It's so that we can become everything God wants us to be and that we could be useful for, for his purposes. Yes. It makes me think of the verse in Psalm 92, 14, that talks of the righteous still bearing fruit in old age. And we're linking the need to examine ourselves, remain self-aware so that we can remain approachable and relevant and connected to people that allow us to bear that fruit and to make a difference and fulfill the purposes God has. So any thoughts before we wrap this up for today, Ron? Yeah, this is a, this isn't a, an obvious one. I don't, I don't necessarily remember ever reading anything about this. I'm sure it's it's touched of on it's in some books, but you know, to get before the Lord, each of us, and say, God, is there some things is that I need to see about myself and kind of take inventory of our lives to ask our our spouses, our our kids, our our neighbors, you know, is there something I could work on that you maybe you're a little hesitant or afraid to tell me? And, and encourage the feedback so that you can always, like, I want to always be working on myself. And to the very end, I, I want to try to improve this creation that God has made in each of us. It's a good takeaway and a good challenge. So to ask ourselves that, and I believe that if people want a more detailed list, we touched on just a few 
but in our blog that can be found at www.myq4impact.org, there is a list of a number of things that you can review and examine yourself through that both draw people to you or away from you, depending on that. And as you said, Ron, getting the feedback of someone else is always so helpful. So we hope you have been encouraged by this conversation today, encouraged to look at yourself, not just as a self-criticism, but because God has a purpose for you and there are relationships in store for you that are ripe with opportunity to share his love and to make a difference in the lives of others. So if you've been encouraged today, will you share this podcast with someone else that you think could benefit from it? And please like us and follow us on social media so others can also be encouraged by this. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, we'll hope you'll join us as well when we will be talking about how to be people willing to own our mistakes. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.